I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're listening to the Irish Times Business Podcast. Brought to you by Ryanair Business Plus. Business made simple. It's October the 1st and I'm Tom Lyons and you're very welcome to this week's edition of the Irish Times Business and Technology Podcast. Uh, a Twitter power list has come out today that claims to rank Irish users according to the influence they exert on the political and policy landscape uh, through their social media presence and their various tweets. Uh, today I'm joined by number five on that list, Irish Times political correspondent Harry McGee, number nine on that list, Irish Times community editor David Cochran and Irish Times reporter Laura Slattery who doesn't make the list. No, it's shocking. Shocking omission, I think. <laughs> Laura, you, you were down at the launch of this particular list. Can you explain how it works and who put it all together? Yes, well, it's put together by the PR firm WHPR, um, who are part of uh, WPP, which is the largest communications group in the world. And uh, also um, some research by a company called Electionista. And it's really based on, very much based on hard politics. They've looked at the accounts run by TDs and councillors and senators. They started with an initial, you know, they set upon an initial group of 250. And they added in some of the accounts then that were most followed by those people. Um, So then that's when some media accounts and some commentator accounts started coming into the mix. So they've assessed the rankings then based on two things. And the main one seems to be how many of so-called power followers the people within that initial group have. So who's following who within that group? So if you're a TD and you're followed by um, all of your party colleagues, for example, then you're probably going to do quite well on the list. And, you know, they've had a bit of fun by pointing out, you know, that Leo Varadkar and the Taoiseach uh, and Kenny, who doesn't really tweet much at all, um, uh, don't follow each other, for example. Um, and the second thing then that's influenced the rankings is the total number of followers, but they seem to have given less weight to that um, than perhaps uh, the number of, of, of so-called power followers. And Harry McGee, you're number five on this list. I mean, is that what how is that what you're doing, going around following other power followers and having them follow you back, or um, not that I not that I'm aware of. I wasn't even. I, I mean, I, I was I was vaguely uh, aware that this list was being published with somebody from Wilson Hartnell gave me a ring on Monday to say would I be there on Wednesday. I said sorry, I can't make it. Um, the my masters in the Irish Times and uh, have have been cracking the whip this week, so I won't. Be, I have I have other uh, work to attend to. So the next thing I knew about it was 
as somebody kind of whispered to me before the event that I was number five. Um, it's essentially, it's a, a big fish in a small pond um, scenario, really. Um, it's looking, this is life inside the bubble or, or within the beltway, as they say, in Washington and looking at who is following whom uh, within uh, Leinster House and within the kind of the whole Marion Street uh, set. So I'm not surprised. I mean, I'm a political correspondent with the Irish Times. I tend to uh, tweet mainly about politics. I, I don't really tweet too much about my personal life. And I, I tend not to... Um, I mean, if you want a, a tweeter who would keep you up to date with just about everything, you could follow somebody like Gavin Riley uh, from Today FM, who's just extraordinary in the way that he can... If you're at a meeting with Gavin... You don't even almost have to report the meeting afterwards because he's tweeted the whole thing amazingly and uh, and immaculately. Not not always immaculately, but 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 amazingly. So I, I tend to um, comment on, on my tweets or, or give kind of verdicts or judgments on on if something is important or if it's not, or if something is bad for Enda Kenny or for Michal Martin or for Jerry Adams. Uh, or if it's not. But it seems to me that looking at the list, I mean, I, I think it's the, the for, for politicians particularly, I think the politicians who are most active ha- have percolated to the top of the list. Uh, Jerry Adams, for example, has only been on, tweet, on Twitter for about two years, but he, he tweets all the time. Uh, and because his tweets have been so unusual and quirky and allegedly uh, humorous, uh, he has acquired a very big following. But he, he I'd say most other... Uh, players in uh, all of the players and all of the other political parties will follow his tweets and will be hanging on his every word. I mean, sometimes looking for criticism of Jerry Adams uh, from it. Uh, David McWilliams, it's not surprising that he's right at the top. Um, he has got a he's got over a hundred thousand followers, but I'd say most of those who would consider themselves to be opinion formers in Irish society uh, would uh, would number uh, amongst his followers. And David, who would impress you on that list? I mean, who do you think uses Twitter well? Uh, or is there anyone on the list that you think uses Twitter quite badly? I think the first thing we should say about this survey is that it's it's two things. First, it should be seen as a bit of fun. Um, I don't think anybody's going to take this particularly uh, seriously. But the other thing is that it's 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 a bit of PR for a PR company that wants to go out and, and, and explain itself to people saying, you know, we can we can work in this area. If you want to understand the policy landscape and the social media landscape, then maybe you should come and, uh, and, and talk to us. But on that basis, I'm not entirely sure that it's a particularly good index. I don't think it's a particularly, particularly good piece of, uh, of, of, of research. The idea that the, uh, these power followers... Um, can be can be influential it seems to suggest that those power followers are quite active on social media and are using it regularly and are engaging and are articulating policy. I mean, number fourteen there is is Enda Kenny and he hasn't tweeted since the general election. So you know, if he's number fourteen, it doesn't really say much for uh, for for the rest of us on the list. I think absolutely, um, uh, many many pinches of salt should be taken with it. But um, and also, I think maybe even even to start looking at so-called power followers and uh, they use the term public followers is to perhaps misunderstand um, the sort of fundamental joy of Twitter which is the sort of 
the dem- I'm not going to be able to pronounce this now. The democratizing effect of of of, of a social network. Um, so it really doesn't, you know, to a certain extent, it doesn't matter who's 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 following who. If if you have something to say. Um, then it, it possibly, you know, it will be retweeted to the point where it becomes, you know, you can create a stir or a stink or, or have your say um, on the social network. And that's that's not that's not something that's reflected on this list. On the other hand, I think um, there is a point, uh, there is a good point being made and uh, that's the TDs and other politicians are aren't, you know, embracing the potential of Twitter. Now, whether they then sign up to PR firms and get them to do their you know, social media for them, I think, is, is another story and possibly a mistake because the other thing about Twitter, of course, is that it's better if with that personal touch. Um, so um, I think there is a slight message in here. If you are a, you know, a councillor for, a, a, you know, if you're a Dublin City Councillor or whatever, and you you find yourself on 190th place on the list or something like that, just to pick a number out of random, um, you should really maybe, have, you know, have a look at uh, what what it is that, you know, you're, you're not doing, you know, correctly to get higher up on that list. And the number one thing for a lot of these people would be more consistent, uh, more consistent tweets. From just $69.99 one way, new Ryanair Business Plus gives you premium seating, a flexible ticket, security fast track, a checked bag, but no business class curtain. Ryanair. Business made simple. Subject to availability. See Ryanair.com for more details. Harry, does it surprise you some of the things that politicians and influential people or your so-called influential people are tweeting about? I mean, Jerry Adams in particular can range from, you know, big political issues to sort of... The sentimental and the maudlin and the teddy bears. And yes, and I, I sometimes find his uh, tweets to be, you know, I mean, Jerry Adams has a past and Jerry Adams um, isn't everybody's uh, cup of tea. And I think that some people find some of his more trite tweets to be slightly offensive, uh, given where Jerry Adams has come from. But I mean, that's a decision he's taken. And um, he, he certainly, um, those who are, who are um, I mean, he's, he's, he's if, I wouldn't be a fan of some of his tweets, but he certainly has his fan base because he's gone from zero to, I think, 80,000 or something in, and I think it's in a, the course it's, of about it two might, years. It may well prove important for Jerry in the future. You know, his tweets are independent of the party machine. You know, that may well, you know, stand to his benefit. If, if Should he come into conflict, you know, internally within Sinn Féin, you know? I <laughs> <laughs> don't know about that. I don't think that's going to happen somehow. But as a principle, I mean, that, that, that is why, you know, Enda Kenny should have his own account, you know, sh- you know, lest there be, you know, well, uh, I mean, politicians have got into trouble before for, for tweeting off message, as it were. And um, Charlie Flanagan, for example, has got into a couple of rows with uh, punters in relation to uh, some some of the tweets he's made. And there have been controversial tweets by other politicians in the past. Alan Farrell, I think, got into uh, a bit of a, a row with Sinead O'Connor at one stage as well. And the difficulty with the medium, there's not a difficulty with the medium, but the medium is a personal medium. And you'll see that most people who work in a professional capacity say uh, the tweets do not represent the views of my organisation, etc. My tweets are my own and my opinions are my own, etc. And sometimes the independence of the opinions can be a little bit too independent uh, for the organisation. And politicians have occasionally got into trouble for straying too far uh, away from the party line. Which is entirely probably 
the the, the point of Twitter mm. that I think people appreciate the, the the personal nature of the medium and they want to see the authenticity of their public representatives uh, and so when uh, a politician does go off message that's that's actually when social media and Twitter in particular is the most enjoyable. We have a, a, a TD today that seems to be criticising his own party leader. Um, and of course, it's getting loads of retweets. Lots of people are talking about it. Party handlers, press officers uh, are absolutely bulk at the idea of not being able to control the words uh, that come out of their uh, their politician's mouth. But that's what they're doing on social. Yeah, Laura actually made a reference to democratisation. And I mean, I'd agree to a certain extent, but there are anti kind of democratic forces that can also be at work in the medium and you, you do find that there are those with an agenda or those who have a, a strategy uh, and they can if, if they target an individual or they target a particular message and if they all come in together uh, they can essentially use it as a bully pulpit and bully other people off it and those who, who, who defend the medium say well it's kind of self-corrective because people the community will come in then and they will respond but often um, the response is, is is not as intense or is not as focused as the attack in the first place and you sometimes get that kind of distortion uh, um, appearing. And you've seen it before with the... I mean, the, the, the best example, I think, would have been um, what happened with the, during the primetime presidential debate and the kind of the Iran tweet. Now, that, was, that came from a false account, but, I mean, that was part, I think, of a wider strategy uh, that those who might not be fully um, embracing the, the democratic model might have been following. And Lord, do you think when you see when you see the the Irish tweeters uh, uh, and you then compare them with the UK, where we've had politicians have received death threats and terrible abuse, like does that really happen in Ireland? Are like are they a nicer bunch in general? That you know that you that there's less oh. there's less of that type of behaviour. Oh God! I mean, I I I don't know is the answer to that. I mean, uh, Stella Creasy, there, the British Labour MP. I mean, she was subjected to the most terrible, awful abuse, and there's been a, a, a sentence, I believe, of eighteen months for the the particular individual in question who was who was just who was who was threatening who, who was behaving in a way which is illegal offline, you know, and it's that same that same behaviour is illegal on if you know the threat takes the form of a tweet, and she wasn't uh, his only target. Um, but I suppose the other main contrast between Ireland and the UK is that David Cameron, who has a very active account and it's full of propaganda, David Cameron is David Cameron congratulating the, you know, the the England football team or or, or commiserating with them as the case may be, um, you know, that kind of you know hearts and minds stuff. But he also does things like he announces uh, reshuffles on on via his account and he gets ahead of the media. Uh, by doing that, he cuts them out of the equation, really. And we haven't seen so much of that in the Republic of Ireland. And it'll be interesting to see uh, how that how that goes in the future. And that's important because businesses, uh, particularly, are in Ireland, are embracing uh, social media as an outlet both for for marketing, for PR, and for customer service. And I think, as always, we're a little bit uh, uh, further behind um, other more uh, uh, countries that have actually uh, uh, developed social as as part of their overall strategy so that's why obama tweets sometimes they'll you know he'll say he you know they'll uh, annotate the end of his tweet with bow to make you know so that you know that he's actually doing it himself and um, in the in the uk it's the same with cameron and other politicians and they're just they, they just see it as another way to get their message out there and i suppose that's probably one of the things that whpr thinks that it can uh, it can do for people yeah i think in, in ireland as well um, laura uh, referred to it earlier on uh, um uh, perhaps it was david that andy kenny actually it was david that andy kenny hasn't tweeted since the general election in 2011 i think politicians in ireland generally uh 
kind of understand that they need to get onto the medium because the medium has become part. And I think it's 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 one that's particularly suited to politics. I think those who are interested in politics will follow Twitter. I think it's it's a particularly political um, medium, and a lot of politicians have have gone on it, especially at election time. But the difficulty, really, from their point of view, is that they haven't really persevered with it. That once election is over, they've kind of abandoned. Uh, ship. So the, the number of, of regular uh, tweeters uh, fr- from the political class is comparatively small compared to the overall numbers in the Dáil. And is that uh, uh, an indication that Twitter itself is not suitable as a medium? I don't think so. I think the politicians really need to uh, have a look at the Twitter experience elsewhere and um, uh, and get back up uh, and start using their, their opposable thumbs. And I think if you look, Jerry Adams is a very good case study. I was a little bit um, uh, critical of him for, for the way that he uses humour but uh, he, he certainly has taken to, to the medium like a duck uh, to water and he has got a huge following now and I think Laura I mean I, I don't think Jerry Adams and the Sinn Féin will ever be separated in terms of yeah. independence of thought but it has given him uh, it, it has given another dimension to Jerry Adams that people might not have seen before and that might be of benefit to him and also to his party uh, David you know Twitter obviously gives insight into you know personalities and private life and what people are eating for lunch all that type of stuff but uh, in terms of really serious stories uh, would you see that happening often in the Irish Times that you'd get a really serious story starting w- with a tweet from, w- from one of these 100s? It, it can do it can, it can happen quite a lot I mean you know if you, if you look at this list for example a huge number of them are, are politicians and sometimes it's not about the message that comes out of the, the party's press office or the, the, the government department but it's utterances that, that, that TD say that draw attention to issues of, of dissent in, uh, in in political parties. Uh, journalists uh, quite regularly, not necessarily um, uh, print journalists, uh, but other journalists uh, would more proactively use uh, social media to break a story um, because that's the medium that they would work in um, almost uh, full time. Uh, there have been stories that have been broken in the Irish media through Twitter. If you remember uh, the instance that involved Brian Cowan at the Fianna Fáil Think-In in 2010, uh, he did a, a very ropey interview at Morning Ireland the next morning and the person who actually broke the story or broke the ice or who, who allowed the media to ask questions was Simon Coveney who tweeted to say that the Taoiseach had sounded hungover to him uh, while he was being interviewed. And if you go back to that particular government, uh, Dan Boyle, who was the kind of the Greek chorus of the Green Party while it was in government, uh, a lot of his messages that were critical of the government were not conveyed um, to journalists, but they were conveyed uh, via uh, Twitter. And it, it became a regular occurrence that news stories uh, followed a, a Dan Boyle tweet uh, on whatever controversy of the day um, he was critical of. It's also, I think, important to kind of go back and look at what what Twitter was envisaged as. And I think one of the main things that Twitter was, was always envisaged as was a, was a new... Uh, style news network in the same way that Reuters or, or AP would have existed in, in the past. Um, you know, politicians, journalists, uh, celebrities get those blue ticks. But those blue, blue ticks aren't just about uh, authenticating who that person actually is. Twitter have now started to refer to those blue ticks as influencers. So when things start to trend uh, on, on Twitter, it's it's more going to be because those uh, people with blue ticks are, are tweeting about it. These, there's a, a discover section of, of Twitter whereby you can see what the influential content that's been talked about is. That again is about influencers. And more and more now, uh, Twitter is starting to introduce a, a dedicated news feed where you can see particular content that is news related by 
those influencers by politicians and by journalists. And the traditional mode of presentation on Twitter is kind of slightly inefficient. Say, for example, if you're away from your phone or from your from your computer or whatever for four or five hours, you've missed a stream of thousands. You know, the ticker tape continues on and the water keeps running under the bridge, and you've missed lots of uh, contents. Unless you're looking at contents that's kind of related to yourself or related to one of the lists that that you're looking at, and they are now looking at new ways in which to 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 transmit the information. Because I, I just think. At present, the way that it's done, this kind of continuum, this timeline, is slightly inefficient. And the way that David was referring to there will, may, will maybe make it a slightly more efficient way of conveying the type of news that we want to read. I mean, Twitter, the company, is very keen on making all those changes that you're talking about. But, and for the main reason is um, they're worried that um, about recruiting new people to Twitter, that their, their, their joiners are, are slowing down um, because when people first sign on, they haven't a clue what's going on. They feel it's a bit chaotic, a bit messy. And the more interventions they make, the more they curate or, you know, uh, make it, I guess, sort of uh, more appealing for for those new entrants to stay, then they'll be able to get those uh, follow, uh, member numbers up again. The problem is, though, a lot of people who've been on Twitter for years, you know, f- five plus years, um, don't like these changes and feel that they are uh, perhaps missing the point of, of what was good about Twitter. And just to finish up, guys, I'll just ask for a little bit of advice. Uh, starting with yourself, Laura, any advice for brands who are on Twitter as to what they should do or shouldn't do? Well, I mean, if you are a small business, say if you have a cafe or, or something like that, that you're a consumer-facing business, of course, you should absolutely definitely be on Twitter and you should uh, remember not to uh, offend any of your customers. I think that's the, the top tip. Don't pick any fights on Twitter. Um, bigger brands, um, they're all there. I would say if you have a customer service operation and we know that people, uh, companies like uh, in Ireland, like uh, UPC, for example, more recently, recently Ryanair do have run customer service operations through their Twitter accounts and for, for them the most important thing is consistency of service they might not be able to solve any, every problem but to at least reply to people and, and staff resort you know give the resources to that account because if you're going to do it you have to do it properly and Harry other than uh, not tweeting from the doll bar uh, is there any other advice mm-hmm. that you'd give uh, politicians in terms of tweeting or using Twitter effectively I, I think just um Focus. I think the first thing is really to to decide on on what you want to do on Twitter, and if you want so, and if you wanted to make it political, or personal, or political and personal, you decide on that, and then you stick to that plan, and then you focus on it, and you make sure that that you that you tweet regularly, and that 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 you put thought into your tweets. I mean, one of the things that I try to do when I'm tweeting, and not all the time, is that I mean, you have 140 characters, so that if you are if you are using those 140 characters, you try to make them count. Uh, as as best as you can. So the old uh, Latin phrase of claritas, simplicitas, gravitas applies and that's all within 140 characters I think as well. Mm-hmm. And for David, David, for journalists who are competing to get you know online readers to come to their websites, what do they need to do to get them to go beyond the Twitter stream to actually click on irishtimes.com or independent.ie? As, uh, as Laura was mentioning a moment ago, Twitter is... Uh, struggling 
to make itself more relevant, uh, not just to its existing users, and that there, there are issues there, but also to new users that come on board. Um, one of the things that it's starting to do is try to justify its own usage. So it now gives you data. It now tells you how many people saw your tweets. It now tells you how many people retweeted your tweets, clicked on your links, looked at your profile, and more and more data is being uh, made available. The golden rule is about engagement. If you can keep people engaged, if you're authentic, if you use a real voice, then people will actually uh, engage with the uh, with, with the content. And that is a serious traffic driver. David Cochran, Harry McGee and Laura Slattery, all from the Irish Times. Uh, thanks for coming on this week's Business and Technology Podcast. And also thanks to my producer, Sinead O'Shea. Uh, sound engineer was JJ Vernon and research was by Declan Conlon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.